You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 184, and we're just starting season four of the podcast. My name is Clark from Five Card Guys on Instagram and fivecardguys.com. We got the original crew back with Hyung, who is Integrity Sports Cards on Instagram, and John, who is Trade You at Recess. All right, before we start with our off the top segment, Hyung, since you weren't here last week uh, for our first episode of season four, um, I just wanted to ask you if you had any hobby goals for 2024 since uh, you didn't get a chance to talk about it. Oh, man. I, I think for me, I'm I'm following kind of like what I, I guess, believe in long term, like good investments, not really um, chasing the flip. And okay. also like I, I really like one touches, I realize, like raw cards. So I Whoa. think starting oh, like more of a raw card collection. Whoa. Yeah, I know. It's- I like that. <laughs> yeah, the collector in me. Okay. So uh, are you talking more like uh, a lot of PC cards or, yeah, I, or I, still I, invested? Yeah, no, probably more PC for me. Yeah. It's like enjoy. That's how I enjoy the hobby more instead of chasing, trying to always right. chase like what cards should be you know, um, that I could make money off of more so because Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like sometimes you buy like a card that you love, but then the flip opportunity comes so quick and then you're just like, okay, should I get rid of it? But you bought it because you loved it, but then, you know, you liquidate it so quick. Right. So I'm, I want to enjoy the hobby more as a collector. So that's kind of one of my goals. And then from an investment standpoint, you know, focus on, maybe potentially vintage and kind of like more of a long-term strategy with what I feel are iconic cards or super rare cards and kind of build, build that portfolio. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cool. Yeah. I think we mentioned in the past episode too, that, you know, last year we talked about 2023 being grail hunting season. And I think there's still opportunities in 2024, 100%, right? Absolutely. So a uh, bit of a continuation from, from the previous year. Uh, we also talked just, just off air right now. And the big announcement I personally made last episode was that I'm planning to go to the national for the first time this year. Hyung, I know we're you committing. said you're, you're coming. We're yes. committing. Yeah, we're committing to each other. <laughs> Ver- verbally committed. <laughs> and we can't, and we even, can't back yeah. out now. <laughs> I'm in, man. I'm in. So, and then, you know, I think even John, because in the last episode, he has this fishing trip, but now he's thinking about it too. So I like where we're going. Yeah. This is, because, you know, this thinking is about direction. it, like, you know, only five hours away, maybe, you know, if we're going to drive, even if it's like just an overnighter, I think, I think I can get it done. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we'll definitely be producing a bunch of content, right? That's for that's, sure. Absolutely. You know, It'll be it'll be fun to watch and and to experience in person. So so there you go. Two back to back big announcements <laughs> to start off season four of Cards to the Moon. Okay, let's uh, move on to the off the top segment that I originally planned, and I wanted to bring this up because it's kind of related to my alternate reality cards idea that I pitched 
last week as well. And so hear me out. Uh, there's a new Disney Tops Chrome set that just came out. And one of the biggest chase cards in that set is the one of one quad auto, right? Featuring Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, and Pluto. Okay, so the question is, <laughs> are we just setting aside the reality that it was some person who signed this card pretending to be these <laughs> fictional characters and making this card potentially worth tens of thousands of dollars? This is what I'm hearing from Twitter or from X, you know, like that this card is like it could go for 40, 50K, right? right. But I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, am I just being a Disney hater or I, I, I don't know? What do you guys think of this card? I, th- I think that's valid. I think what you just said is valid that I don't think it's worth it's worth whatever someone's willing to pay. But, you know, we, we sure. know on releases and hype and inflated values based on, you know, uh, the hot stuff in the market. But I will say this. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. I, I, I'm a big fan of <laughs> Topps Chrome Disney. Okay. I think it gave me a glimpse of exactly what they were talking about what Fanatics was talking about, how they're going to reach the supposed 10x level. And I know Mm. a lot of haters are going to, you know, be like, yeah, right, the hobby's not going to... In the context of sports, yes, like we're not going to grow and the market's going to correct, but we're talking a whole different category of fans that can enjoy the essence of ripping, collecting, trading, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, like for me, I I was thinking about even with your kids. It's like if they're Disney fans, this is a great product to you know like or b- great hobby to introduce them to, right? Mm, and right. with fanatics doing what they're doing with partnerships like this, it's like you could now have more u- utility involved, especially with mm-hmm. Disney stuff. So there's a, there's a lot of I think upside towards. Uh, this whole release it, it, is it cheesy sometimes when you see like the Pluto autos? It's like who who's signing it? Like yeah, like I I think we're gonna have to assign real value to you know things right. that like we need to think about that. Like why is there value? Is it is it because the the autograph of who plays those characters, the voices? Like I don't know how they come up with who signs it, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, overall. I I don't mind the product. I think it's it's sure, a cool I, I rip, it. and it's a totally different clientele. Like I'm telling you, if you're a baseball enthusiast, hobbyist, and you only care about baseball, you're not gonna like it unless you're open minded and you enjoy Disney, right? So it's not for us, right? Right. So we can't expect yeah. the parallels of baseball that we love. And expect it on something totally different where Fanatics is going. And that's why I seen that glimpse and I'm like, I actually like, this is exactly what I was talking about, what Fanatics uh, was was doing, right? So, Yep, fair point, mm-hmm. fair point. Mm-hmm. What do you think, John? I'm kind of torn on this because um, similar to what Hyung saying, you can't really hate on it because it's just the chase that they created. Um, is it like yeah. all the way gimmicky? I, I would say yes. It's, it's completely gimmicky. But mm. like, as you guys, as you guys were talking, I was thinking, man, I think it, 
you know, yes, it doesn't. This is a product that doesn't necessarily speak to sports cards fans, but it could, right? Like if if they made it, I don't know. Like the big chase was a, a Walt Disney cut auto, or you know, mm-hmm. like the the main uh, illustrators or actors that play big characters in Pixar movies and stuff signed like the Super Factors one of one or something. I think they could the execution could have been different, but at the same time, when I think about that. It would just attract a bunch of grown men like this to a Disney product when maybe this product was meant for a 12 year old kid getting a Pluto autograph and they think that's the coolest thing in the world, right? So, um, you know, maybe they designed this purely for kids, purely for fun. I don't know the, the, the real execution. So on the one hand, I, I kind of goof on it. I, I do think it's completely silly that. We have no idea. Like, why is this even like a create? Like, why would this be worth 40,000? Like, somebody was saying, like forty thousand. Yeah. The, the record Disney card previously was forty thousand, and people are saying this could break that. Right. I think that's complete nonsense. But I think I can't. Overall, I can't. Uh, I can't really hate on it. But uh, if you're an older person or older, you know, like, a, or you're like investor and you're thinking about what you think of this in terms of an investment, I I truly think the the Lorcana, like the the TCG, Disney has more legs mm. long term in terms of like. If you wanted to invest in cards, this one I think is just right, purely right. fun. You're you're like a Disney fan, you know. You know Clark and I, you and like our kids, we can rip open boxes. Hopefully, there's no crazy resale and hype, and you know I I can go out and buy like a hobby box for seventy five dollars or something and rip it with my kids and have a have a fun time. I think that's what it's meant for, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, no, that's you, that's also fair. Mm-hmm. Well, let me put this scenario to you, John, since you have. Uh, kids and uh, i have kids as well just say you're you're ripping with your daughters and it's, it's all fun and then you hit that quad auto you're like and then your daughter's like oh i love this card i'm never gonna sell it <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing and you're like uh sure we can just you know hold you know that someone might pay 50k for it though what, what are you doing john yeah, i <laughs> <laughs> that would be tough but i think my daughter's smart enough like you she can get be convinced like i could say you know okay. five Nintendo Buy another Switch box games and we could also rip another 10 boxes instead of yeah you know instead of the card exactly. and be like yeah 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 okay let's do that instead <laughs> there are ways around it you know, that's it yeah gotcha i'm writing notes down just in case i do get a big hit from the <laughs> tops chrome set and my kid wants to keep it. All right. Um, yeah. No. I, I'm. I'm. I'm with you guys too. Like, I love the collectability of the set. Like, I actually prefer, or would prefer, um, as a collector, the non-auto like super factor of a major Disney 100%, character because right? you know yeah. that's like that's cool. And you and you know like for me, I just can't get beyond that. You know, I think someone on Twitter said like, so I don't get it. Are we? assigning a lot of value because some intern signed these cards <laughs> mickey mouse and donald duck and you know all the other characters right so yeah and then there was a funny video clip i don't know if you saw it but some guy took the disney i don't know if it was top scrum but it was like disney lorcana or, or whatnot card to disney and then he gave it to the he gave it to the mascot the mickey mouse mascot to sign <laughs> so the, the guy the mascot this was signing at Mickey Mouse with like his big gloves, like mouse gloves. So the autographs were like super messy. But then he's like, yes, I got four copies of this Mickey Mouse autograph, quotes, autograph cards. 
Oh man, it's just getting kind of silly with. Would PSA authenticate that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Which Mickey signed yeah. it? Yeah. Hey, I have video to, proof. <laughs> this is similar to that like Topps holiday product with like Santa and Mrs. Claus. Remember it was like signed? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, very similar. Anyway, I thought it was a fun thing to talk about off the top, and uh, yeah, still cool for the kids. And I'm not—I have no idea actually how much hobby boxes are, but uh, I'm guessing it's about a hundred bucks or so. All right, let's move on to hobby headlines. So speaking of Twitter, speaking of X, uh, I saw another one by gemrate.com where they recently posted a 2020. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Three grading year in review post. And I thought some of the data they presented was pretty interesting. So for this segment, maybe we can go through some of the key findings and, and then we can talk about our initial thoughts and whether we expect some of these grading trends to continue in 2024. Okay, so I'll start with um, their first uh, point, which was that there are more than 17 million items graded across the four major graders, which are PSA, uh, BGS, Beckett, um, CGC, and SGC. So 17 million items were graded across those four major graders, and that's up 19% compared to 2022. Any initial thoughts on that number, the increase, the uh, one-fifth increase in um, items being graded? I think year. a lot of newcomers to the hobby. I think mm. it's a process where every every newcomer comes in as well, and they, they because I see a lot of questions. First time grader, what should I do, or what should I, kind of like right, look right. for, yeah. or whatever that is. So I think there's an influx of people coming into the hobby mixed with people still grading. Uh, you mix in specials, uh, SGC release specials. They got a lot of slabs signed, or sorry, slabs uh, uh, slabbed. Um, right. So a bunch of I, I I would guess a combination of those things makes sense. Yeah, and most of the companies scaled up, right? So they are able to handle volume and handle More. it pretty yeah, true, pretty yeah. quick. Um, Turnaround times are better. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I, I remember a lot of um, um, IG or sports card influencers were talking about the effect of uh, grading. Whether some people believe that this grading era is ruining sports cars, or some people are just saying like this is like the grading era, but I mean, it makes sense. I think people, mm. even if it wasn't wasn't for the point of flipping, um, a lot of people, if they get PC cards, um, kind of like what Hyung was saying about uh, one touches, but people actually prefer sl- slabbing them, like sending it to CGC or sending it to PSA, even if it came back a PSA seven. Like they prefer, I, I I personally do a lot of my like PC cards. I actually like it slabbed, knowing I can, I can you know like kind of like wiggle it and. You know, my car's not going to fly out of a top holder and so, something like that. So, uh, I think right. that probably has a yeah. lot to do with uh, the increase. Yep. And this uh, next data point kind of provides more clarity in what cards are being um, submitted for grading. So, out of the 17 million, roughly 9 million um, were sports cards, right? And the other 8 million were TCG or non sports wow. cards. 
So um, if you look at the 9 million number, that's actually a decrease of 6% year over year in terms of the number of sports cards being graded from 2022 to 2023. So the major increase is on the TCG side of things where that 8 million figure is a 71% increase year over year, which is surprising in some ways, but in other ways, even in like, you know, the people that we know, i.e. Roy, he's the only one submitting these days and it's all like TCG Pokemon cards. Whereas we're like, you know, we're not um, submitting that much or we didn't submit that much this past year for grading. So those numbers kind of make sense to me, but are you surprised at how much more TCG collectors are submitting to the, to the grading companies? I think it goes back to what we were talking about. Like, I don't think we realize how big the hobby is outside of sports cards, like in general, mm. how quickly a market can just be massive, you know, especially with the history. So seeing stuff with Disney, whether it would stick or not, that has huge potential because if there are valuable assets uh, in vintage Disney stuff, right, mm-hmm. why can't stuff like this also you know, uh, obtain a, like a marketplace, right? And then you got stuff like Marvel. I was a huge Marvel person, right? There's right. there's other industries that potentially can grow. So with saying all this, I think that just gives you an idea of the growth of something that's non-sports related, right? And that's sure. what we were talking about. It, we talked about it two years ago. Would, would there ever be life outside of kind of like the sports cards right Mm. and fast forward two years later it's like here we are um with the boom of you know pokemon and stuff like that it's it's very realistic yeah right for sure another another thing i was thinking though like one of the major reasons that we might have seen a decrease in sports cards you know just a minus six percent decrease but still like the value isn't there you know, like before when you grade it, you're like, oh, this is a 3X for sure. But now, you know, you grade it, especially if it comes a PSA 9, you're losing money for right. sure. A PSA 10, it depends on what the card is. You might maybe get a small profit depending on the, you know, especially if we're talking modern cards. Whereas, you know, you look at Pokemon, you look at other TCG, if it gets a PSA 10, the value is still there. Like you can make a good profit, 3, 4X. So does that... You know, if you project what happened with sports cards, is that something that we should worry about? If you're if you're a TCG collector saying, hey, this is a good opportunity now, but just like sports cards, you know, with this mass grading, you know, how long will that kind of uh, last in terms of these three, four X profit? Right. Do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm I saying? Think, yeah, I think that's more than fair. I think that's what you're going to see. I think ev- all marketplaces follow the same trend. Mm. Right. Because it's at the end of the day, it's supply demand. Right. So it's going to it's going to eventually all correct. And who who knows when that is. And that was the whole sports card question was when was it going to correct into regular ways. So any marketplace, whether you're, you know, trading stocks or whatever, it's it's it follows the same kind of pattern. So I would imagine that it's it's same here in this situation. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's it's really hard to pinpoint. I think there's there has to be some correlation of ROI, right? Like when we look at our friend Roy and he, we see his pre- PSA reveals, like he's a lot of, you know, half of the cards he's buying singles, half he's like ripping from packs. Um but mm-hmm. when I've watched Roy, like it's it's 
not terribly difficult to get a, a like a hit card in a booster box that costs you $75 or whatever it costs you to open um where you, you you can get a card that's worth $25, $35, $40 uh and if it hits a PSA 10 which a lot of these products have pretty good gem rates uh it is like a $300 card right so that opportunity is there whereas in sports cards like, I mean, the three of us know at this point, like base cards aren't going to be worth the cost of grading. Yeah. You know, you'd have to get a pretty right. significant hit to for to First, be worthy yeah. to send for like a $25, $35, $45 grading fee, right? Um, so I think there, there's some correlation between ROI of the, the ability to get some ROI in those Pokemon or like t- any TCG or non-sports card boxes. And in the other point, uh, and uh, I'm kind of, about to go on a tangent here. But I was watching like Neo Cards and Comics and some other um, sports cards uh, um, YouTubers and they're talking about how like breakers, like I, I was really thinking about this before like coming on the show, like breakers and how they're sort of affecting the sports card landscape, specifically in prices of boxes. So I, I, I'm actually kind of getting annoyed myself like mm. personally because the ROI is not there on a box. But why does it still cost 200, 300, 400, 500 bucks? And it's because oh, interesting. most of that is, uh, you know, getting gobbled up by breakers and they're still able to score and make money, right? Um, so they're going to continue buying it at two, 300, 400 bucks because they're going to profit $1,500 or whatever they profit off of it. And they're going to pretty much buy up all the cases, which kind of then in turn means the regular Joes like the three of us can maybe afford to buy one box, maybe. Um, and then we're not, we're not buying, right? So the, the conspiracy theorists now, if you go even deeper, <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. I wonder if fanatics, like, I wonder if this is by design. Like, I wonder if they're funneling everything through breakers and upholding the cost of boxes so that, you know, organically, quote unquote, you know, like local car shops start to go out of business because the three of us aren't going to buy hobby boxes that cost prison box that costs 900 bucks but we might pay 100 bucks to go into a break right so it just like it's a it's this weird i was going down this rabbit hole of thinking like conspiracy no i I think it makes sense absolutely i think 100 percent what what you're saying the the fanatics wants breakers you know they do well yeah clearly they do but yeah, yeah absolutely it's a benefit for them and like like they said they were eventually gonna say retailers were not gonna be kind of like the go-to anymore right and that Mm. was inevitable we've been talking about that for the last two years will hobby card shops like how they used to be exist yeah right and you're slowly seeing the people that don't adapt to today's so if you're not a hobby shop doing breaks for instance Right, you know, exactly. just just from the marketing standpoint, you should be right. So you got to pivot. Yeah. You got to pivot your strategies. But what you made, what you said, John, makes total sense. Hundred yeah. percent. And ultimately, like fanatics can at that point control pricing, right? Regardless of the market. Like if the market, if you par- bring out Topps Chrome, uh, and it's a complete failure because there's no good hits, and it's a three hundred dollar box. The market is going to speak for itself. It's going to go on sale and no one's going to buy it at 200 and it's going to go on sale again. It's going to go to 100. But if it goes completely yeah. through breakers, um, and breakers get 90, 95% of the stock and they, they're pricing at a certain price, then I would I imagine mean, they leave, they leave a bunch for online because 
probably their margins are way bigger. So I would assume that online sales would be very important to their future strategy uh, because they have boxes that sell out like Topps Chrome Sapphire, like uh, it would sell out because they're so limited. Right. So Mm. like stuff like that, I think uh, I don't think they completely rely on breakers to bring bring that money in because I think there's other ways that they make better money. Uh, but yeah, definitely it's, it's an important strategy, but I, yeah. I think their online sales would be kind of like their go-to stream of kind of where to buy product now. It's no, it makes no sense for you to go to your local hobby yeah. shop because oh, you can sure. order everything online now, right? Yeah. But the, the breaking component allows fanatics to, what I was saying is like control the pricing, right? So if they want to sell it right. at 300 bucks. They're pretty much guaranteed to sell it at 300 because 90% of that stock is going to go to breakers, right? So, right. yeah, anyways, yeah. I, I'm going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the big assumption is that how much of it is, it is really allocated to the breakers? Is it, is it really 90% or, right, right. or less or more? That's, I is think. It, yeah. And that's, that, that's not a factual number. I'm just spitting out for the sake <laughs> of uh, making, right. yeah, illustrating a dramatic point. Yes, yes. But I, I mean, like some of your points, John, and, and what you're saying, Kyung, too, they could all be true. Like, I think it's everything's in flux. Like it's evolving. The yeah. the business model of what the hobby is going to be and look like is evolving. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, we could see in like next, but by this time next year, things could dramatically change as well. And, and it's really whatever makes the most money for fanatics is going to win out at the end of the day. So um, all right, I got a few more points here. Uh, here's a breakdown of the cards submitted in 2023 to the four major graders. Okay, so PS out of the roughly 17 million items graded last year, PSA graded 13 and a half million cards. Okay, um, so that's up 21 percent year over year for PSA. CGC graded 1.75 million cards, coming in second surprisingly for me, and that's up 8% year over year for them. Third, SGC graded 1.28 million cards, which is up 29% year over year. So the biggest year over year increase um, relatively um, goes to SGC. And and good old Beckett graded 772,000 cards, which is just up 3% year over year. And just to kind of give you an overall market share in 2023, PSA still is king, of course, at 78% of the market share just, just in 2023. Second place is CGC now at 10%. Third is SGC at 7%. Wow. And Beckett is 4%. And that's, that's just in 2023. So surprised at any of those numbers? Yeah, for sure. I, I would assume the CSG is uh, grading a lot of non-sports cards. Right. Would that yes. be kind of like the the influx of bump, and then SGC, be, yeah. SGC doing some damage as well, and I think the promos that they've been doing with Bowman Chrome and Bowman right. First, I right, Tops right. Chrome releases, it's really working in terms of the the penetration of the marketplace, and now we just need because more slabs are being slabbed, more iconic cards like or not iconic cards, but potential iconic cards where they're being slabbed by SGC instead of PSA and BGS because that's what it used to be PSA or BGS, right? So 
It's interesting right. to see SGC sneak in there, but it was inevitable because we talked when they were starting. They're they're doing things right, and they made a huge, huge impact within you know one two years. The last two years, I'd mm-hmm. say. Sure. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. I think normally I I, I would have been a, a lot more surprised at some of these figures, but because of, of uh, the previous context, you said how uh, nine million were sports cards and eight million were TCG. It makes a lot of sense. It mm-hmm. makes. Then I, I realized you yeah. look at CGC at 10%, you're like, okay, that makes sense, you know? Now, even PSA yep. going up, like, look at Roy, like, he's all of his TCG cards are going to PSA, right? So uh, I'd imagine yeah, a lot that's... of, cause I remember when Roy first started collecting, you know, I don't know if PSA was, uh, and we need Roy back on to kind of verify this, but back on the number of years, I don't know if PSA was like the king, king, like, obviously they, they were still you know, value-wise might have been big, but I think uh, he was mentioning how Pokemon collectors were more into the PC. Like, they, if they like the CGC slab, mm-hmm. like, they're going to put their cards in that. It's, it wasn't really about, like, how much money or how much ROI you're going to get. It wasn't necessarily from, like, an investor perspective. So uh, yeah. the fact that so much of it has now moved, a lot of TCG has moved over to PSA. Like, people are now seeing flipping opportunities and, and whatnot, so... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. That that's good to bring it back to the context of 17 million items graded, with uh, nearly half of them being TCG cards. So yeah, that's a good reminder. And um, you know, uh, you know, in our in our chat group, Roy was saying something like the, or Roy was saying you know CGC made that grading change, and then a lot of collectors weren't too pleased with it. Mm. You know, it's, uh, it sounded very similar to what Beckett was trying to do until they right. backed, yeah. backed down. Um, uh, I wonder if that's going to be uh, a factor in 2024, whether, you know, people are um, who collect TCG are just upset enough with CGC to just go over to PSA now at this point. And then, you know, we might see CGC numbers decrease. I don't know. That's just a kind of a hypothesis right. of, of what might happen in 2024. But, um, but obviously this past year, they saw a really good bump in numbers. Um, okay. A uh, couple more things. Gem rate for all cards graded in 2023. Okay, so gem rates are whatever the grading company deems is a gem. So for Beckett is 9.5 or higher, right? Um, PSA is obviously a 10. Um, and I, I believe SGC, what is that? It's a 10. 9.5 is also, oh, it's just a 10. It's is a there 10. A gem? Yeah. Okay. And, and CGC, I believe, is a 10 as well now. Um, okay, so the gem rate for all cards graded in 2023. PSA. 43%, Beckett, 45%, SGC, 26%, and CGC, 37%. So out of those numbers, the hardest to get a gem rate is SGC, according to the to those Which is numbers, insane. Which is... I feel like I every card I sent to SGC, I got a 10. 10. Like I'm not, I, was, I was just like, is this, is this company yeah. a, a joke? Or, but then, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that that shocks me. That's that's a pretty low gem rate, and that might be good data to you know sneak a purchase that is in a SGC slab. I think the value is mm-hmm. going to be there for sure. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, as well. Those those. I mean, if you think about a gem rate forty, you know, all of them nearly being forty percent, uh, except SGC. That that's high. I think that just shows mm-hmm. how good the average Joe has become at eyeballing whether you have mm. 
a gem card or not, right? And, and whether you're about to waste money or not, I think everyone knows this, you know, how to clean it and how to look That's at true. corners and edges and, and thoroughly look at the card, uh, before you send it in. And I'd imagine because of that fact, perhaps some of that, you know, maybe this is just completely my opinion, but the fact that SEC is at 26%, maybe that has to do with the fact of their Bowman tops, um, promotions at nine bucks or whatever it was at. I'm sure there were a lot of people who were sending in without even looking, you know, like, oh, it looks pretty good. Right. Send it in because it's nine bucks, right? <laughs> and then they're, they're bucks, hitting yeah, nines sure. and they're hitting 9.5s and they're not getting those. Oh, they're point. not spending the extra five minutes per card. Maybe that has, you know, some, some hit on that percentage, right? So just something I thought of for right now. No, excellent point. And, you know, while you're talking, I wonder how many vintage cards go to SGC because vintage, for right. S, you know, that's still SGC. Yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah, point you know, too. Has a, right. Right. So those vintage cards won't gem for sure, right? Or most of them won't. Um, so that might play a factor. But, you know, at the same time, I'm sure a lot still send to PSA, you know, in terms of vintage cards too. So I wonder what the ratio is there. All right. Uh, last point. The top growing sports in 2023 in terms of cards being submitted. Baseball still number one at plus 20%. And and this is what's a little surprising to me. Hockey, plus sixteen nice. percent. Wow, that's so a good sign. Go. That's a really it good is. sign. Yeah. I would say yeah, you gotta yeah, like you gotta change the baseball to Otani was twenty percent, <laughs> and then hockey was sixteen percent. <laughs> Otani was nineteen percent, and the rest of baseball cards was one percent. <laughs> yes. Uh, Fair point. All right. Well, you know, I, I always say this. I'm always a Beckett supporter. <laughs> I feel like I'm hoping Beckett has a better year in 2024 because, you know, I believe in you guys. But, man, looks like PSA, um, you know, still has all the momentum right now. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for the rest of the year, especially with graders not named PSA. Okay. Let's go on to our next segment called Quiz Show. This is America's and Canada's favorite hobby game show, right? Uh, so with our favorite contestants back, Young and John, I'm just going to ask you guys a few hobby-related questions. And all you need to do is answer them the best you can, all right? Sounds good. Um, so since we were talking about grading in the previous segment, here's one more question about grading according to data from GemRate. All right, so according to GemRate.com, cards from which set era saw the most graded in 2023. And the way GemRate categorized the set eras, uh, it was by decade, okay? Starting with 1950s and earlier, so that's grouped into one. Then it goes to 1960s, 1970s, all the way up to where we are now, the 2020s. So which decade do you think saw the most graded in 2023? I would have to say 2020. Yeah. I would have to say, but I'm, I'm, am I missing something here? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the TCG portion would be definitely 2020 as new boxes are coming out. People are grading them. And then the whole SGC promotion, mm-hmm. like we just said, Tops and Bowman, uh, that must have had a, a pretty decent flurry of action for modern cards. So yeah, it has to be 2020. Yeah, it has yeah. to be 2020. The answer is we're so wrong. The 2020s. Okay. No, you got it. You got it. <laughs> that, was, that was easier than I expected. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know why I saw, found that surprising. Well, now that you guys reminded me of the context of, of all the, 
17 million that was submitted in 2023. Right. Yes, it yeah. makes total sense. But um, but the fact that for me, maybe the little, the surprising part was just that modern cards are still being submitted like crazy mm, in terms oh, yeah. of you know what gets submitted to the grading companies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, number two. So the last triple autograph card of Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James to sell at a public auction sold for almost a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. How many Kobe, LeBron, MJ triple autos are currently in existence, do you think? Wow. You could give me a range. Holy cow. Triple auto. Uh, this Didn't, is this uh, is not an oh, no. area it wasn't that I, I would be good at. Um I've and, seen uh, a f- I think this is um I think this is for on card autos. So I, I'm sure oh, there's more st- autos. Sticker only. autos, yes. Sticker. Yeah. So we're 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 talking about say... on card and sticker? Sorry? We're talking no, both, just on, just right? on card. Just on card. Just on card. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm going to say uh 100 to 200. Is that too wide of a range? Let's say let's say within, uh, let's say 150. 50. Yeah. 100 to 150? Sure, okay. sure. On card autos? Yes. Total or total like total existence <laughs> or are we talking about like like total variations? Of cards or total, total existence. in existence. Okay. Just those triple, just those three players, triple okay. on card autos. Yeah, in existence. I would say. Watch it be like a thousand. It'd be numbered to like twenty three. Like I feel like twenty three. No, 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 no. It would be like a set that would be numbered to twenty three or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. So mm-hmm. it'd be like maybe. I don't know. This is not my forte, but I would say fifty to hundred. Okay, you guys are close. Um, and I gotta, I want to double check these because now I'm second guessing myself with the on card autos. But what I saw was that the actual number is 107. 107. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you guys were right, right in between your guesses. Yeah. All right. So this is, uh, this next one's kind of related. Shine 150, you know, the super high end collector. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw recently, I he did. just bought a dual Logo Man autograph card of LeBron and MJ. For more than a million dollars. How many of the dual logo men of LeBron and MJ auto cards are known to be in existence? Oh. <clears throat> logo man is, yeah, is dual logo man, dual auto. Is the one that he bought one of one? I believe so, yes. I remember yes, the, that was a one of one. I don't know if it's the LeBron and Jordan, but I I, I do know of logo older logo men exquisites or upper decks mm-hmm. that are like numbered out of five and stuff like that but they were a logo man or they were just a patch auto uh logo man yeah logo it may not have the autograph though mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna say right. i'm gonna say seven okay wow i'm gonna this is tough if shine's paying a million bucks for that that has to be super low like it has to be well, he was explaining the story where he's seen, he saw it ripped like in a video in 29, 2009 or whatever. And it literally has not mm-hmm. been seen since. And he was able to, right. through a connection, get the into the contact it. with the person who has it. And yeah, it obviously made him, crazy story. made him an offer he can't refuse, right? Yeah. So you say three? Three. Yeah. I'll say three. 
Yeah, it's a good guess. Uh, there was three until that one surfaced, so now it's four. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, so dual logo man, dual auto of LeBron and MJ. So yeah, that makes sense. A million bucks. Yep. For- yeah, like if there's if there's too many out there, shine's getting taken. But <laughs> <Right. laughs> well, he does seem to have a lot of money to throw around. So yeah, I don't he know. might. Yeah, he would probably corner it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Most expensive. What is the most expensive Montreal Expos card of all time? Montreal. Oh, I know. Oh my. Tom God. Brady. Tom Brady, 100%. It's 100% Tom Brady. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, you ready for the answer? Yeah. As of this recording on January 4th, 2024, (laughs) the answer is Gary Carter, 1975 Topps rookie card, PSA 10. That sold for fifty six thousand. Are you serious, Gary? No, number Carter. two is Tom Brady. I believe a gold auto, auto sold 10? for forty five thousand. Incredible! Yeah. That is crazy. But with the super factor is already that there's a bidding of one hundred fifty, one hundred five, or one hundred fifty thousand right, right now. So That's that record will be broken. It. Yes, good, in, good for in Gary a few Carter. Wow, was he that, gets was that, was that number Can at the height that? of COVID? It must be. Yeah, it like that's be, cr- that's it's insane. one of those rookie cards where there's three other players on it too. Right? Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Right, right. But still, holy cow. Remember Gary Carter? Oh, yeah. Gary Carter was a legend. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. All right. I thought that was, a <laughs> that was a fun question. Okay, last one. Here we go. The number of $1 million plus sports card sales for the last five years, for the past five years, I'm going to give you these numbers, okay? 2019, there was one such card that sold for over a million. 2020, there was nine. 2021, our favorite year, there was 40. 2022, there was 39. This past year, this is a two-part question. How many do you think sold for over a million bucks this past year? That's part A. And, well, first answer that question, and then I'll, I'll give you part B. I'm going to say 25. Okay. Well, what was the last number? 39? 2021? Yes. That's a pretty good guess. I will go... Were there a lot of million-dollar sales? <laughs> I'm going to go... I'm going to go nine. Nine. Yeah. Oh, wow. I feel like okay. there weren't that many. The, the correct answer is nine. Whoa. Whoa wow. John. <laughs> what a guess. It went, wow. <laughs> One, nine, 40, 39, and back to nine for 2023. It makes sense. It's just like a, a, a graph or like the hype. You've seen the hype yes. and then you see it correct itself and mm-hmm. like any marketplace, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So part B of that question is of the nine sales, right, that sold for a million dollars this this past year in 2023, only one card was produced after 1952. So eight of those cards are vintage, wow. right? Mm-hmm. What was that one card that sold for over a million last year that was in made post-1952? <clears throat> Shohei Otani? I don't think so. Guess, but no. 
Hopefully it wasn't a Wander Franco. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, Million dollars. This card, uh, another clue, this card previously sold for over $3 million, and then it just sold this past year for mm. just over a million. Yeah. Luca? So, uh, no. no. But you're on the right. It's, it's a GOAT player. Definitely a GOAT player. What what resold? Wait, what sold for three million? It's got like Patrick Mahomes RPA, Wayne Gretzky PSA ten. Um, I don't know Jordan Green PMG. Think goat player? Yeah. Good. Retired. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Really? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. You, there you go. What what? Tom Brady's two thousand playoff contenders championship ticket. Autograph rookie card, 66 um, out of 100, serial numbered, BGS 9, sold for $1.2 million wow. in June. That's wow. crazy. There you go. And the rest were, uh, you know, about the Babe Ruth Baltimore News that sold for $7.2 million. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Mantle, 1952 Tops PSA 8, 1.17. Crazy. A T206 Honus Wagner. Um, sold for 1.96. Hey, just bringing that 52 tops up. That guy, um, what, what, what's the PS, PSA 9 value at? The guy who bought it. Uh, oh, the celebrity PSA who got 9. it. I believe he sold it or he bought it for 4.9. 4.9. So PSA 8, that's a pretty good sale, right? I believe yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Close to 1.2. Yeah. I think he, he, he done, he's, he's done well, but go, go on. Yep. Um, the 1933 Gaudi Babe Ruth 1.065 PSA 8.5. Uh, there's the SEC 9 1952 Tops Mickey Mantle. That was a 4.5 million dollar yeah. sale. PSA oh. 9 is gonna go go higher and than then, that. Yeah. Um, remember the Joel? We talked about this in a previous podcast. The Joe Doyle vintage card. We didn't really know who he was. 1.3 million. Wow, that's so crazy. And did um, Joe Doyle purchase that? Well, I don't know if he's still alive. It's very, it's a 1909 card. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Okay. Um, then there's a Babe Ruth 1916 M101 1.77, and then rounding out the top nine, another 1952 Mickey Mantle PSA eight. Earlier in 2023, February 25th to be exact, was 1.095 million. Mm, wow. There you go. Crazy. That was a. Uh, Another edition of Quiz Show, and we'll definitely do more of these throughout the year. I know you guys want me to be on the hot seat one of these days, so um, perhaps one. Yeah, perhaps yeah. One well, day. you're 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 next. <laughs> That'll be the ongoing ongoing thing. Yeah, one day Clark will be next, but we'll see when when or if it actually happens. All right, let's end off our episode with our regular weekly segment we call Pick One. And this is where each of us will choose two cards or two sets, and we debate which one we would rather invest in. All right. So, Kyung, do you want to start things off as you usually do? Sure thing. So, I have a buddy, um, card buddy, Kenny Tomic. He's a longtime listener of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, he was actually one of the first guys I've done deals with way back before, you know, the COVID era. So he's always uh, listening in and talking about cards, but he had a good one that I wanted to bring up in this show. 
And he asked, um, what do you think of a Soto Bowman Chrome Base Auto True Gem, so 9510, um, versus a Soto HMT Refractor, so 2018 Tops Chrome Update, Refractor number to 250, non-auto, a BGS 95. So you got his 2016 Bowman Chrome Auto, Base Auto, True Gem Plus, Mm-hmm. versus a 2018 Topps Chrome Update HMT55 refractor at a 250, a BGS95. So the BGS95 was a 10 centering, 9.5 corners, a 9 edge, or sorry, and a 9 edge, and a 9.5 uh, surface. So would you pick the Bowman Chrome or the Topps Chrome Update refractor? It's a good one. So the 250, that's 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 not a color refractor or anything like that. That's right? just the refractor. Yeah, so there's no remember Top oh, Chrome right, update right. For was the Top Chrome update. Yeah, yes. it's it's numbered to 250. Uh, so it's gotcha. like a, a lot more rare. And Soto doesn't have anything but the pinks, pinks as an addition right, to the right. base cards. Yeah. Do you know the value of the those two cards? So a PSA value? ten uh, last sold for twenty six hundred, and then um, I don't know what a BGS sold for for the Topps Chrome update. Mm-hmm. And then I believe uh, the Bowman Chrome Auto sold for sixteen hundred. So I would say I would say they're very similar in price. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Bowman Chrome might be a little more expensive. I would say maybe three four hundred dollars more. Makes sense. Mm. Well, um, I actually, you guys know me. I, I made that choice, uh, so my answer is going to be right. the ref- HMT Refractor out of two fifty. Um, but I got that card. I, I don't know, probably like a year, year and a half now. Um, nice. A lot has changed since, right? Like uh, the whole, uh, you know, flagship image. Uh, idea is kind of like going down the drain, especially with the the newer sets. Um, but I'm certainly for myself, from a bias perspective, I am hoping uh, like Juan Soto's year uh, and some of these 2017, 2018 rookies like Tatis, like that sort of flagship image idea is still going to uphold. And um, I like I like that it's the major league uniform. I like that it's a refractor. I like that it's numbered. Um, and it's also that flagship image. I'm still, you know, as much as pe- a lot of people, the younger collectors aren't into that as much, I'm still into that. Like, I think that flagship image is important, especially on the Juan Soto card. He has uh, a very limited amount of, I, we've talked about this to death, very limited amount of rookie cards. And collectors are going to ask when they come into Juan Soto, if they, you know, end up coming back, what is the main rookie card to go for? And it's going to be that image or it's going to be the, the Bowman first, right? And I'm, you know, I'm not into as much. Like the autograph is great. The fact that it's Bowman first is great. But it's not refractor. So from like a PC personal uh, collection wise, it's it's not as eye appealing. And some may be completely different on that. They're they're like, no, it's an on card auto. I like that a lot better. And then the the whole image of Soto looking like, you know, a little <laughs> a little kid with a t ball helmet, like just a giant helmet. Here we go. Yeah, so I just um it's got to be the the you know the grown adult Soto in his <laughs> in his National League, you know, his uh, major league uniform. Like that that's in terms of PC from a PC perspective. Mm. Yeah. HMT for me. 
Interesting. Okay. Uh, th- this is a good one because, you know, with the hobby where it is in terms of the sports card market, you know, I'm very selective now or more selective now. And, and you know, some of the top two criteria that I look for are on-card autos and, and serial numbered. So now you got one of each right. uh, from both, right? <laughs> you got the on-card auto with the first moment. I'm like, damn. And then, and then the serial number for the Topps Chrome update. So I'm like, hmm. Um, you know, and, and like, I, I, I don't know. It's a personal bias, I guess. I'm ultimately going to go for the first Bowman Chrome on-card auto. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like, even now, like, I, I try, if I can afford it, not to go for the base auto. You know, I'd rather have a serial numbered right. uh, uh, first Bowman Chrome auto just so I get the, the you know, my two criterias um, checked off. But, but you know, like, I think if Juan Soto does really well, I think those uh, refractor or numbered uh, parallel first Bowman Chrome um, autos will just go up and then you know like the base auto will be more attainable uh for uh, a lot more collectors you know but that the base autos will also go up i think whereas you know with the tops chrome update i like it that serial numbered especially to 250 but correct me if i'm wrong there's an autograph version of that as well right there's a sticker auto version that's not numbered which is interesting Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay yeah but not but but it is super more valued it's yes, it's it's right. as limited as the X Fractor Auto. There's there's the same amount oh, okay. of print run, I believe, as the X Fractor Auto, which is numbered to, I want to say, one twenty five or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So I mean, with that said, I think just because there's the existence of a autograph version of that card, although it's not numbered, you know, I think I think if that didn't exist, I'm like, ah, you know, I I might go for the Topps Chrome Update number non auto. You know what I mean? Like, but there is one card I would rather have, and which even even with the sticker auto, I know, I know this is nothing uh, John would do with the sticker auto card, <laughs> but um, I would go for it for sure over the even the number non auto. I think so. Um, nice. I'm gonna stick with the first Bowman Chrome on card auto. Nice. Um, yeah, I for me, uh, Soto cards are very rare in general. I love. Soto's collectability. So this was a big card when I entered, re-entered the hobby. You know, Soto was a was I've seen the ups and downs of Soto's, um, but I think the on-card auto is a huge card that's going to age really well. Like I know his seventeen-year-old picture isn't the greatest, but I <laughs> I kind of think that brings a lot of long-term value down the road. Because they realized he was a 16, 17-year-old kid when they signed him. And this is his card, right? And there's no mm-hmm. on-card autos, right, uh, in 2016 other than his Bowman first, right? So if you look at the history of a Trout versus a Trout update, maybe not the same comparison, but, you know, um, similar. Blacks do sell well. Parallels do sell well in... Mm-hmm. Um, in the Trout update, but how well a Bowman Chrome 2009 Bowman Chrome Trout ages, you know, that becomes the iconic card. So I I think long-term, there is a lot more legs with the Bowman Chrome Auto because of the rarity. Um, But this is something to note. Uh, We all like numbered cards 
And uh, Kenny made it a point that there were a lot more Bowman Chrome autos um, out there versus like a numbered 250. Right. So if you're in it for like, let's just say a short term flip, that might change things up a bit because uh, liquidity is where the important factor comes in as opposed to more a rare card. Right. That's tougher to get a comp, to tougher to get a sale, right? Whereas the Bowman Chrome Auto selling every single day, especially on a hot market, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so the liquidity, I think, is is far superior on a Bowman Chrome Auto if you're looking at that lens in general. Yeah, right. Makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go Bowman Chrome Auto, but I am a fan of uh, all the parallels of Juan Soto Topps Chrome updates. For sure, mm -hmm. yeah, good, good question. One. And I, I like that. Uh, I like that trout comparison. That makes sense to me too. So Are I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go cross sport Homer one v one. We're going Bobuchet Bowman first PSA ten purple refractor auto last sold for six hundred ish USD versus yeah. William Nylander future watch PSA ten <laughs> last sold for. 450-ish USD. And I know it's Homer and, you know, but perhaps it's helpful for some because they're still very popular players and maybe they'll get mm -hmm. uh, people listening that aren't from Toronto get a little bit of insight from three Torontonians how we feel about these hometown boys. <laughs> perhaps. Or only, the, or only the Canadian listeners are tuning in right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I like it. I like it. Um... This is hard because like like even there's a there's a homer bias but there's like a personal bias for me too like you know Nylander yeah um, with I'm your kid the market for Nylander yeah because my you know he gave my kid a fist bump so I'm like you know a future watch <laughs> auto for him would be great memory and you know and uh, uh, oh man but then you know Nylander is having a ridiculous year you know so I'm like shoot I should have bought it last year when it was much more affordable now everything's kind of inflated and. And then uh, you look at Bo Bichette, which, like one of my favorite Jays players, and I'm always in the market for Bo Bichette because I feel like he's underrated. So I'm going to go for Bo Bichette primarily because I feel like the deal is with Bo Bichette right now. Like his market's been like, it's just been going down and down. You know what mm. I mean? Like it's so affordable that to the point where, you know, initially I was looking for, I had a refractor numbered to 499, which I traded. Um uh, if you guys remember last year with my Lewis Robert and I got the Aaron Judge uh, right. Bowman Chrome refractor. Um, but I, I'm like, I've always wanted a Boba Shed back. And so I've been looking for a numbered one. And, and the market's gone down so much that I'm, now I'm looking at blues. Right. I mean, number to 150. Right. So Amazing. I think the deal is still there for a nice Boba Shed card, um, like colored refractor parallel. Um, so, you know. Uh, but I, I can't remember. Your Bobachet was just a base auto, or was it was it a, a purple, a purple numbered at a two fifty. Oh, purple. Sorry, number to two fifty. So there you go. I'm, I'm going for Bobachet, number to two fifty. Auto. Nice. Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go Bobachet too. I just mm. think. Well, I, I one. I think Bobachet. The dangers of Bobachet is he gets no love. He could, he could continue to do what he's doing, and That's he's. True. Yeah. He's such a good player. He's such a good hitter. And it's eerily similar. Like I, I mentioned this even a couple of years ago. And you extrapolate the, the data now. He's eerily similar to Mookie Betts in, in, in the numbers he's producing 
Um, mm. Obviously, Mookie did special right, right. things as he aged as well. So Bo is on the same trajectory, in my opinion, as a type of Mookie Betts type player. So I think, I think he's going to have to continually prove himself, and people are going to start to slowly realize that this guy is super, super talented. He's going to be a potential Hall of Fame type player, um, and I don't. But I think his his market might sit sideways for a bit still. Mm. Right, so that's the dangers of it. If if it's if it's something that you need, you need a quick flip. I think you're gonna probably get it on the William Nylander like type future watch auto because I could see a, a surge of demand. I don't know what 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 does a future watch uh, ten is it a PSA ten PSA ten. Goes for like four fifty, four fifty ish, a little bit cheaper than the. Purple. Yeah, so I think there's 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 potential with that on a shorter term, um, but yeah, I for me I can't justify it. Like I just think, I believe in Bo Bichette as a player, so it's it would be on that basis, right? Where it's like I don't expect to make a short term flip, but I think long term, if I hold this, lock in the safe, enjoy baseball, enjoy Bo Bichette, I think I would do well with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think, I mean, this is, this, this is, it's an obvious and oddball question that it's cr- cross sports. So clearly, if you like baseball, it's going to be a pretty easy question. If you like hockey, probably be a pretty easy question. But cross sport wise, uh, you guys make good points about Boba Shed, um, which I agree with. But that last point Hyung mentioned about how he feels the Boba Shed may sit sideways for a bit. That's what concerns me of, as a Blue Jay fan. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's going to sit sideways and then he's not even a Blue Jay anymore, you know? So from a fan personal perspective, you know, we don't know where he may get traded. Like, is he going to be here long term? There's a lot of question marks of how much fans are going to continue to grow to like this guy. <clears throat> so on the flip side, uh, there's lots of rumors that Willie is closing in on a deal. I think, I think the numbers that people are mentioning is like, he, he's close to signing like an eight, eight year, 11 mil per season, like a Mitch Marner deal. Um, is, he's going to be locked up, you know? Um, yeah. I think for, for, for Leaf fans, um, you know, I don't speak for all of Leaf fans, but I know for myself, we like Willie, William Nylander. You know, this guy's like a zone entry monster. He, he give him the puck and he enters the zone every time. Um, he works hard. He wins puck battles. Mm. You know, I think a lot of, uh, I think it also helps that his salary was only six million. So the expectation was uh, a little bit lower, but like somebody like Mitch Marner, his future watch goes for like a thousand. He's a polarizing character, uh, personality. Like not that his actual personality is polarizing, but the fact that he makes so much money and he's not delivering results. I think there's a lot more pressure on Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and John Tavares and William Nylander, I think is, um, He's looked at it in a positive light. So I think all of that factoring in, the fact that we live in Toronto, you know, a little bit of bias because of uh, liquidity and trading at the Expo, uh, all of that stuff, I think long-term for us, it's it's William Nylander. Cool. I like that one, actually. Um, I just saw one, uh, a raw Future Watch Auto while you're talking. With the, it was just listed by Slapshark, so <laughs> maybe I'll grab one. Yeah. Um, when the nice. auction ends in a week, we'll man, see I think I think before the season started, the future watch yeah. was probably like two hundred USD. Like I know. I, it was it was pretty low. I know. So yeah. disappointed that I didn't pick one up then. 
All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay, this is a, a little bit of a twist, all right? Here we go. It's going to be pick one out of these three cards, okay? One of them's a high upside guy, in my opinion. Another one is a, uh, a certain Hall of Famer, but a catcher. Another one is a, another future Hall of Famer, but a pitcher, okay? And they all go for about $600 mm, okay. to $650, Okay. All graded BGS 9.5, so the grading is similar. All auto, so uh, and the auto grade is all 10, so everything's similar on that front. The first card, 2018 Bowman Chrome Louis Robert. True blue number to 150, okay? 615, last sold, 615 uh, uh, today, actually, earlier today. Wow, second dude. second one, yeah, 615 for true wow. blue auto. Um <laughs> Number two, 2005 Bowman Chrome, Justin Verlander, rookie auto, BGS 9510, 650. So again, same price range. And the last one sold for 625. His name is Buster Posey, 2008 Bowman Chrome, mm-hmm. rookie auto. So all rookie autos, all on card, of course, because it's Bowman Chrome. Who are you picking? Lewis Robert Blue or the Justin Verlander? Rookie auto. It's and, a Bowman uh, Chrome. Buster Posey. Uh, Justin auto. Verlander, what year? Oh, God. 2005. 2005. I'm going. Um, let me just quickly see this card first. 2005. Okay, yeah, if you could as well. pop it up. Let me just. Okay, yeah. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Justin Verlander 100%. Yeah, yeah. Really? 100%. Wow. I like okay. I actually have been looking for this card. Yeah, like uh I, I, I just think coming. those Bowman Chrome early two thousand fives, the print run was super low. So it's like it's 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 so tough to get a hold of those cards and I think his value, he's done enough um as one of the modern greatest pitchers to along with Clayton Kershaw. So for me, like those guys are a target mm. in general, and and catchers, they get no love. Like even Hall of Fame catchers, you know, they get no love um, other than vintage. Uh, but I just feel like uh, pitchers that dominate, such as Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnsons, you know, um, the Justin Verlanders, even Clayton Kershaw, you know. Uh, so much potential, especially with the early Bowman, early two thousand fives, Bowman Chrome. So yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Verlander card, and it's it's an easy one for me. Mm, wow. Okay. A little surprise. Wow. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. Um, I'm not surprised at that too much because I think the I feel like the easy answer is Verlander because if you look at the three. You know who's the actual legend of the three? It's it's very clear. It's it's mm. Verlander. Yeah, uh, Buster Posey. I think he's he's a legend in certain towns, and I think he's he's always been a very likable uh, baseball player. So a lot of people like him. Um, but yeah, he's a catcher. There, there's a, a, li- a lot of limited growth upside there in terms of investment. So for me, it kind of comes down to man. <laughs> Luis Robert is he's a thorn by our side. He's always gonna get us. I knew you're gonna throw throw Luis Robert in there. This Robert it comes down to Robert Verlander and then your 
appetite for risk and what you're really doing with these cards. And for mm-hmm. me, Verlander, Buster Posey, um, the smart answer certainly <laughs> is Verlander. <laughs> but I don't PC those guys. I was never, you know, super fans of those guys. Luis Robert, um, I could say I'm, I'm a fan because he's been our main chase since we kind of right. got back into the hobby, right? Like that, that's Luis Robert Bobochet. Those are some of the bigger characters in terms of baseball chases. Uh, during the height of COVID. So there is a bit of sentimental there. And man, Luis Robert just had a pretty monster year. Like he's he's won a gold glove already. He won a silver slugger. Um, barring injury, which it's seemingly this guy can't stay healthy. But if he can stay healthy the next, this season, the next, like, you know, a, a string of two, three years of like full season, um, I think people can turn around on what they think about Luis Robert and man, a blue refractor for 600 bucks. That's that card used to be a lot of money. So I think, uh, because I'm, you know, from a personal perspective, I, I enjoy rooting on Luis Robert. Maybe it's, it's to kind of salvage some of my <laughs> lost funds. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm willing for, you know, six, 600 bucks might be a lot of money for some. I think that's for for the three of us. It's sort of like that middle ground play money, mm-hmm. and I think I'd, I'd be willing to to throw money at Luis Robert at this point. It's so low, and if he comes out swinging and leading the the league in home runs, I, I could see that card going to eight nine hundred bucks or something like that. So yeah. it could be a good short term opportunity. So I'm uh, that's where I'm at. Yes, I got Johnny <laughs> with Luis Robert. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my only goal for this trick one yeah. <laughs> oh man you know what i'll keep this short i'm a sucker for pain lewis robert all the way blue <laughs> i'm going let's go double down let's do it <laughs> i think but at this point it's like quadruple down right? <laughs> yeah. quintuple down oh man so, but you know what like he had a pretty good season last year. I think it was he you did. Know, he, he just had a played for such a crappy team that it was overshadowing. But it was it was it was after you know? thirty eight homers he pulled that shenanigans. Remember early on the season he he showboated. He he did yeah let up. Oh, where he, he got let up, his let up on a ass chewed out, and then he he turned right, it yeah. up. He got benched. At, but I yeah. think he that's the problem. Is like it's like if you see that the potential's there. But it's hey. like you'd want a positive, yeah. like vibe coming from. So he has to, I think, step up his game in that aspect where he's he's earning the fans kind of like respect, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'll say about Luis Robert. Uh, you know, I like, I love him as his talent and player. <laughs> spoken, spoken like a, yeah, kind of like speaking like a true enough. coach. But you know what? Like that incident. <laughs> That that just that just shows me that he learned his lesson and he's uh, rehabilitated. So I'm all in. I'm back all in. <laughs> you know, I, all Luis Robert needs to do is get traded to a, just a contending team because you know I don't think the I don't think the White Sox are going to be that team this this coming year. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, could be another huge mistake. <laughs> Very well, go down to two three hundred dollars by the end of 2024, especially <laughs> if he gets injured again. But um, but yeah, it's too too tempting with the blue number to one fifty, and knowing that I sold this PSA ten base auto for a thousand bucks. Now the blue yeah. BGS nine five is six hundred. Yeah. Oh, that's the, wild. The deal is there. 
All right. Well, thanks for that again. Uh, to all our listeners, of course, tuning into our podcast, we appreciate you guys. And uh, if you haven't uh, given us uh, a rating and you enjoyed this episode, uh, we would definitely appreciate that as well. And uh, yeah, we'll see you um, with a brand new podcast on Friday. Talk then. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at Five Card Guys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at FiveCardGuys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.